Welcome to Pragmatic Live, the podcast for product people. I'm Mark Stiving, a pragmatic marketing instructor and frequent host of this podcast. Today, we're joined by another fascinating guest, Jake Flanagan from Sleep Number. Now, Jake was in my classes last week. We also happen to have someone there from Buffalo Wild Wings. And it's just so rare to have consumer goods companies like these in our classes that I really wanted to know more. Jake graciously agreed to answer some questions for us. And so welcome, Jake. Thanks, Mark. It's great to be here. Hey, your title is lead for digital product management. What do you actually do? What does that mean? (laughs) Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, So I work for the sleepnumber.com digital team and we work to uh, define new uh, customer capabilities, features, and enhancements to the sleepnumber.com experience to try and add as much value to our users' lives and ultimately uh, the organization's uh, life uh, through uh, all points of the customer's life cycle. Okay, so is that the buying process or is that including, hey, once I own it, maybe there's some digital capability I could use. I want to I change my, my hardness with my app on my phone. Yeah, it's uh, that's a great question. Uh, we're we're a vertically integrated company, so we, we get the honor of really um, serving the customer at all points uh, of their life cycle. So that includes uh, their pre-purchase experience as they're considering um, purchasing one of our physical products, uh, their actual uh, e-commerce experience if they choose to uh, purchase with us online, uh, and then uh, to your latter point, uh, anything after the purchase uh, where they need uh, support uh, through their actual ownership experience. Oh, God. I love having these conversations because these are things I would never have thought of. (laughs) So can I ask, what classes did you take last week? I actually know, but so the listeners can hear. Yeah, we uh, went through the uh, foundations class, uh, the focus class, and then the build class. And you didn't take price, really? I didn't take price. I had a uh, I had a fishing trip uh, planned. So unfortunately, uh, higher higher uh, higher higher duties called. Okay, we'll forgive you on that one. Um, and so, what uh, what prompted it? Why'd you come? Yeah, I think as you know, this is a relatively new capability uh, for Sleep Number and our, our digital team on SleepNumber.com. Uh, you know, we've been uh, creating kind of this functional. Uh, expertise uh, over the past uh, past couple years and really wanted to try and uh, ground that in some really solid uh, learning and education uh, to try and continue to improve the craft and the way that that we work and the way that we uh, build new products uh, for sleepnumber.com. Okay, so when you say this is a new capability, what part, so so I'm going to try to remember the three chunks you said to me. It was pre-purchase, it was online purchase, and it was post-purchase. And yeah, so I think from a, a new, um, I think a new functional area for us, uh, you know, our, our websites um, is and will always be, but has historically been viewed as a kind of a marketing vehicle uh, where we can communicate um, promotions, our uh, brand uh, promise and value propositions. Uh, so those are very important, but the, as the the team has grown and we've really invested in digital as an organization, uh, there's there's a lot more to uh, the web experience and a lot more needs that our our customers have than uh, just hearing about who we are. Uh, We need to really reciprocate that and know who they are and what they need from uh, from Sleep Number that we can serve in a digital way through sleepnumber.com. And so is there any specific problem or issue that you said, oh, we really need training to help figure this out? Or is it just we want to 
increase our skill set? What was the thought process there? Yeah, I think I think it's both of those. But uh, you know, I think we we you know suffer from the same challenges that uh, you know any product organization does, which is there's a a million problems to solve. There's a million things we'd love to do, and there's a very finite set of resources to do that. Um, so for us, uh, as um, you know, a growing team, but still you know relatively lean. Uh, every investment that we make through our engineering team, through our UX uh, teams, is, is is really important that we do uh, the right thing. So for for me, uh, as, as I was thinking about this, a you know the skill set that I really wanted to build was uh, really focused in the uh, the what that we do, um, and to make sure that uh, in my role that I identify the the things that can really add the most value to uh, to our digital experience and to our customers' lives. Um, I think we can. Uh, build things really well, um, but if we're not doing the right things and we're not uh, doing them purposely and, you know, really tying into strategic objectives, into business objectives, uh, and ultimately the customer's need, which was one of the, the biggest takeaways for me, uh, we're, we're still missing the mark. So the, I was really interested in, in learning more and um, expanding my skill sets around uh, the what that we ultimately decide to do and so when you say the what, I think you're saying prioritization. How do we prioritize which things we want to go do first? Is that accurate? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And, and it was fascinating. It, I love that answer because it turns out that all three days that you took, we spend time talking about prioritization, right? One at a really high level of market problems. And then in focus, we got more into detail on market problems and which high level problems we want to go solve. And then the last day in build, it was the detailed problems. Which ones do we go solve? So, um, I, which I got to ask, which class did you find most helpful? Yeah, I I personally love the the build class. Um, I like getting my my hands dirty and, and working with with the engineering teams. Uh, I, what I what I really uh, enjoyed about that was just the you know the framework of taking the you know, the things that we've decided to do and then kind of bringing it into the next level of granularity around, um, you know, what, what that product or what that feature might have, uh, how to approach the work um, in a way that uh, is, you know, purposeful. I, I think you guys had a, a pragmatic, uh, was it a pragmatic rule that really, really struck with me. It was, uh, I think it was like, do uh, or finish 100% of something, not 70% of everything. Uh, yes, that's one of my favorite rules for that day. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that really resonated. And, you know, we get put in, in the position, uh, just like I'm sure everyone does, which is there's, you know, never enough time and never enough resourcing to, to do everything that we want, or there's a, uh, a pressing deadline that we need to, to reach. And it, it can be easy to uh, maybe spread thin and not, uh, and, it can be easy to spread thin and you know slip into that seventy percent of everything, um, and that that hundred percent of something you know really resonated and and really being how to be purposeful about what that hundred percent of something might be. Nice. So we do that seventy percent of everything often because we're we're trying to make everybody happy at once. Whether they're internal customers, external customers, it's like oh I'll work on that a little bit now. Yeah, I loved uh, I loved the concept where we we talked about you know who who is this going to delight? Yes, um, you might be you might have you know five constituents or five personas uh, that a, a particular feature might might touch or impact, but um, you know the the idea of being really focused and purposeful about 
who who specifically you need to delight um, as the primary focus was really kind of a, a good guiding principle for me. Um, if you can delight others through the process, that's great. But uh, if you try and delight them all, uh, you probably fall into that 70%. Yes, absolutely. And so do you guys have user personas? Speaking of know who you wanted to light? Yeah, that, that was a, you know, an eye opener for, for us. We, we, we've got, um, you know, we've got points in the customer lifecycle that I talked with that kind of have natural needs. Uh, you know, somebody who's here to learn about uh, sleep number and, and our products for the first time, uh, very different than a, a customer who's owned one of our physical products for 10 plus years. Uh, but we don't, you know, we don't have personas for that. Um, and, you know, kind of at each stage of where the customer might be at the life cycle, their, their needs, um, it can be vastly different. Uh, so that was, you know, definitely a, a big gap in the way that, that we operate that um, I'm excited to try and, you know, find, find places to start with that. Uh, we, you know, there might be 20 personas of, of our uh, digital experience that, that we serve. Um, we, we have none defined today, uh, at least uh, put, on, put down on paper. So excited uh, to look at some projects uh, in the pipeline ahead and uh, really use that, um, you know, that concept uh, and try and uh, start to build some muscle around that. Nice. It'll help you with that 100% of something rule. Let's dig into that a little bit more right after this quick break. Hello, Pragmatic Live listeners. You know we're passionate about product management, and we've been training professionals like you since 1993. If you're ready to increase product sales, reduce time to market, and improve customer satisfaction, register to experience a Pragmatic training session today at pragmaticmarketing.com slash buy. Yeah, I, th I think, you know, the, the other thing uh, that really resonated uh, for me from the build, uh, the build class, uh, going back to which one was my favorite, was just the idea of um, the, I think it was the, the high context, high market context uh, development teams. And, you know, as a, a product manager uh, for, for our team, you know, that, that's an area that we can really, you know, help the, you know, help the broader team around us be, be more successful, be more empowered uh, in, in the way that they understand um, who we're, who we're doing this for. Uh, we've, we've been pretty focused on trying to articulate like the why, like, Hey, what's the, what's the business driver? What are we trying to get? What's the ROI? And, um, you know, our engineers really resonate with that. Everyone wants to build, build things that have an impact that add value to the team, to the organization. Uh, but the, the idea of, of who we're building for, I think is something that, that we, we haven't really instilled. So that's, as I think about personas, I think that's an exciting area to try and uh, you know really root into into the team in the way that they they work so you know day to day hour to hour as they're uh, building out new products or features or capabilities you know they've they've got that user in mind or that persona in mind and um, they'll they'll do their best work and make uh, informed and contextual decisions based on that nice and for our listeners just a little bit of uh, clarification what Jake was talking about there was that um, we we talk about the difference between enlightened development teams and development factories and enlightened teams are these teams that do a fantastic job at understanding your market and your products and, uh, and the market problems. So they have a ton of context. And so then we spent a bunch of time talking about how do we make our teams, regardless of how enlightened they are, even more enlightened. And, uh, and so good. I'm glad you found that valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Any, uh, any big wins or losses in terms of uh, new digital 
um, exercises in the near past that you're allowed to share? Let's be honest, right? <laughs> um, maybe let me let me give you an example. This this just came up. Uh, we were talking about it yesterday, actually, yesterday or Monday, two days ago. Um, we were in the process of building a, a new feature capability for one of our internal customers on our digital media team, and I think this kind of harkens back to the the idea of personas and. Uh, you know how we can you know really start to leverage those. Uh, this this feature was for I mentioned a, a digital a digital media manager to you know help them uh, be more effective in their job, help them drive more uh, traffic to to sleepnumber.com. And as the team was working, you know we had a pretty clear definition of uh, you know the user story and, and what we wanted to accomplish. Uh, and the team was was doing what what they do best, which was coming up with with solutions. To, to, to meet those needs. And uh, the getting into the tactical details, uh, it, was, it was really fascinating um, as we kind of considered how, how we might execute on this. Um, and what was, what was totally missing, kind of going back to the, the enlightened team and, and you know, part of my duty to enlighten the team with the, the user uh, personas is uh, kind of just a day in the life of, of that um, customer, an internal customer for us and uh, you know, how they really function in their job. And uh, as we talked through, and it was, it was a great conversation, we spent a half an hour kind of going through like how might we solve this. Uh, but what, what came out at the very end is like, oh, here's how, here's how this individual like works in their day-to-day -day job. And here's how they manage this particular part of their, uh, of their responsibilities in that job. And it was like this light bulb that you saw go off in everybody's head when when we said, oh, they manage that in an Excel spreadsheet, like this totally changes our understanding of who we're building for mm. and how we can, um, you know, how we can make this as meaningful and as useful uh, and valuable really to, to this uh, particular individual. Um, so I, I thought that was a good example of kind of like seeing that uh, context and that market context uh, and how that like suddenly like literally felt like the light bulb going off in the room uh, for everyone as they just like, oh, I get it now I know who we're building for and uh, we came up with a totally different approach that um, still solved the end problem but was uh, much more meaningful to the person that will actually use this new capability we build. Oh awesome and so had we had a user persona document where everybody understood who that user was would that have come about more quickly? Oh yeah we've been like hey here's Christy our, our media manager uh, here's here's the many things that she does every day. Here's one particular slice of her responsibility. Here's what a day in the life uh, for her looks like, the technologies that she uses. Um, and it would have, you know, it would have just set us in a, a clearer path to begin with. We got to the, the right place at the end of it, but, um, you know, a, a clear understanding upfront, uh, you know, if we spent a half an hour talking about uh, who we were building this for, uh, that would have been put in place or that, that would have taken the place of the half an hour of how do we build this? Um, yeah. And it sounds kind of like you did that. You spent your first half hour building a mini user persona. Yeah. It kind of came out uh, organically, as I said, well, no, no, this is how, you know, this is how she does it. And if, if um, we do it this way, it's going to uh, add this burden to her, her day to day life. So it, it was kind of an exercise in personification Yes. Uh, without necessarily realizing it, but the end output was that everyone had a, a clear, uh, clear understanding and a really tangible understanding of, of what, uh, what the user was that we were building for. 
Excellent. Hey, so the thing that, that struck me the hardest when, when having you and the Buffalo Wild Wings person in the room, um, I always tell that story of great clips. Um, and so, so that the listeners know I have really, really short hair and I get my hair cut at great clips every two weeks and I always go to great clips, but not because they have the best barbers, but they have an app that makes it so I don't have to stand in line. So it has absolutely nothing to do with the haircut. It has everything to do with the purchase experience. And, and for some reason, that example resonated even harder with me this week because of the fact that we had you and the, and the beta people in the room. So does, does that resonate with you or did that resonate with you? And are you guys working on how do we find other ways for people to buy? Yeah, it, it did resonate for, for me. Uh, I'm, I'm a great Clips fan as well. Uh, okay, for, good. <laughs> for the same reasons as you mentioned. Uh, you know, I, I don't have a ton of time, uh, as nobody does, and I, I want to make the best use of it. Uh, so, you know, that, that's really a point of, you know, what I take away from that is removing friction for, for the customer uh, through their process. And, and, you know, for us, uh, being you know, vertically integrated and owning – uh, the manufacturing of our products, uh, the uh, sales and distribution of the products and the service afterwards, uh, we get the, the opportunity to kind of look for, for friction points, uh, you know, whether it's in purchase, whether it's post-purchase, and uh, really help the, the customer start from, not have to start from, from zero and, um, you know, sit in the waiting room, if you will. Uh, so we're definitely looking at, you know, ways that we can uh, connect uh, our different touch points through that experience. Uh, we, we sell a, a physical product that is, you know, highly considered uh, the purchase time frame. Uh, can be upwards of six months. Uh, it's not a, a high urgency purchase for, for most users. So they, they've kind of got the luxury of taking their time. Uh, and, you know, with, with that time comes the opportunity to kind of lose track of where you were. Um, and, uh, you know, potentially just like slow down your process. Uh, you know, so we, we've built some, some new features actually on, on uh, sleepnumber.com to kind of like help facilitate and remove some of that, um, you know, friction, if you will, uh, in that process. So I'll give you a recent, recent example that we, we launched um, Q4 of last year. Uh, we, we had, um, you know, one of the, the great things about uh, you know, working on a web property is that we've got like this abundance of uh, behavioral data about uh, the visitors and the users that come to our website. Uh, and we're, we're able to stitch that data into, um, into our actual like store activity uh, um, and kind of like our broader enterprise database. And you know, one of the things that, that we learned, one of the insights that came out was uh, the average user uh, for us uh, will come to sleepnumber.com uh, over six times before they actually uh, show up in a store and make a purchase um, and from a, an experience perspective, we weren't, we weren't recognizing that in, in any way. Uh, so what, why are they coming back six times? They're coming back to pick up their research. They're coming back to review the uh, narrow down set of products that they were, were most interested in. They're coming back to read reviews. Um, so there, there's a lot of reasons why that behavioral activity is happening. And, you know, kind of further, furthermore, we've been able to identify uh, points in our like digital experience and our digital purchase funnel that are uh, correlated to um, showing up in one of our stores and ultimately making a purchase. And, and one of the most predictive ones for us is the 
uh, act of putting items in your shopping cart. Like not a huge surprise necessarily, but uh, our online conversion rate uh, is very low um, and that, that's expected, uh, but that activity that, that's kind of right ahead of making an online purchase uh, is really important to, really important indicator that the customer might be ready to come to store. Uh, so to kind of go back to, to the original um, point there is that we were able to use that, uh, use that information and that behavioral data and really kind of how it stitches into the um, you know, multi-channel, omni-channel, if you will, uh, uh, experience and uh, take actions on our website to, to make it really easy for customers to get back to where they were. So it, it was um, what we came up with to kind of address you know, this problem, if you will, is, is a way to um, expose the products that the customer had, had in their shopping cart in a, a really prominent and um, you know, somewhat personalized way to uh, get them to easily pick back up in their process. So uh, part, part of what the mattress industry has uh, going against it is that, you know, there's uh, dozens of manufacturers, they're really low awareness um, uh, in terms of like products, product names. So for, for us, uh, we found that customers can have a hard time uh, remembering the, the models of our beds and which bed they were looking at. And uh, for us, that, that's a potential pain point or a problem point because it puts them back at the starting point of their research journey perspective, uh, possibly. Yeah. Uh, taking, you know, doing some things like this kind of lets them, uh, back to the great clips analogy, like lets them jump ahead of the line and kind of get, get right to where they want to go as quickly as possible. Yeah, I love that. So here's what I just heard you say. Um, you said by listening to our buyers and the buying process that they go through, we could find the pain points just in the buying process and find ways to help them pass those pain points, right? Which was, yeah, which was awesome. Right. Jake, thank you so much for your time today. If anyone wants to contact you, how can they do that? Yeah, thanks, Mark. Uh, this, this has been fun. Uh, I'm, I'm on LinkedIn. Uh, easy to find me there. Uh, Jake Flanagan, F-L-A-N-A-G-I-N. It's the I-N at the end. I think that gets me. To our listeners, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Uh, we would love to hear from you. We welcome all of your questions or suggestions. Uh, please send any comments to experts at pragmaticmarketing.com. And don't forget to join us for the next episode of Pragmatic Live. <laughs>